Hello, everyone. Another episode of One for the Table. Yay! I'm your host, Kim Chi. And I'm John Kang. You know what I'm like always like shocked by? What? That how much like trouble that people have drinking water. Just plain water. Yeah. There are like, some people that like say that they don't mm-hmm. like the taste of water, but it doesn't have a taste. Well, taste. I mean, Unless you're in if you live in a place with bad water, you, you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but Flint, like, Michigan, you know, like that little je ne sais quoi the water. <laughs> you're so bad. <laughs> Not a person from L.A. commenting on other people's water. I mean, I didn't say L.A. water was great. Nobody says L.A. water is great. No, but like, no, I'm talking about... Not only that, but also I'm talking about people like that just, just don't drink enough water. Yeah, no, like, like they drink like Diet Coke. Yeah. That's all. Like they they only drink like Diet which is whatever. Like it's still, that's mm-hmm. still technically like a liquid and you're still adding water to your body. But like that's also like lots. It Does Diet Coke have caffeine in it? I don't know. I do not understand Diet Coke to that intimate um, detail. Me neither, but I think some of them have caffeine in it. And then also... um. Why is it that, like, in Europe, the water glass is, like, a size of a shot glass? Oh, and, my God. And on Small. top of that, they don't even fill it all the way. They, they like, don't. fill about, like, 10% of that shot glass with water. So then you literally have, like, a sip in a cup. And I'm, like, always so parched. Yes. Do they charge for water? Oh, uh, some places do, yeah. Well, the places that do might be just, like, making a bunch of their money back. But I cannot stand small water glasses like where, where mm-hmm. it's two sips and you're done um and they don't leave a pitcher like mm-hmm. oh my god why are we rationing water at a like, restaurant at least like in, like, I, when you go to like oh, a lot my of goodness, korean restaurants so yeah like a lot of korean restaurants oh they have, like, have, small, they have like, their bottles yeah. yeah at least you get a full bottle but it's like small stainless steel you know but yeah, so yeah, I I don't understand it either. I don't. I have no idea why water glasses are not always like. I don't. They don't have to be a quart, but they're like a pint mm-hmm. glass. Like should be a, a pint of everybody should be drinking at least a pint mm-hmm. of water. If they don't have dinner. to be like um like American sports bar where they give you like those big whole, like plastic big red giant, cups. Yeah, except I love it when you get that much when it's like got like the good ice in there. Oh my mm. god, that that water hits! And, and no one ever complains about like being thirsty because you know you no. never run out of water. Nobody ever complains about having too much water at the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, like maybe it's it's somewhere where I don't know where like water is scarce. I can understand it, but like when you're at like you're a restaurant in Europe, like why mm-hmm. why is water so 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 like? It's not even like all water. All water is precious, but why is it? Why is it like so rationed out like that? Like, why do you hate being hydrated? Right, that's such a good pet peeve. And also, I don't understand like this like tumbler craze that's like happening around the world right now, where everybody's like buying like multiple reusable tumbler, um, and collecting them like a Stanley cup, like Stanley Oala, like Hydro Flask, like. <laughs> <laughs> Having like one or two is fine, but like yeah. people literally buy like people one of every color. Like like literally cabinets mm-hmm. of them. Yes, I've seen that too. Yes. Where it's like, well, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Absolutely. But, but yeah. It is making people drink more water on a positive. Is it? 
Because people who always carried around and they're constantly sipping water out of it. So I feel I like the people, people that like, collect Stanley cups were the same people that collect hydro flasks, were the same people that collected like Yeti bottles. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's the same person. And that same person isn't drinking any more water just because they have 20 of these things. Right. No, because they're always carrying like a bottle around. So True. As opposed to like not having one around, they're more likely to drink water. There should be like a nonprofit that like collects hydroflask and these Stanley cups from these people who just don't use them anymore or don't collect or have moved on to the next, I guess, reusable tumbler phase and just like donate them to like schools and stuff so kids can be better hydrated. But do you really want to drink out of a used Hydro flask. You can replace a straw. But you don't understand how disgusting these things are. Like one of my friends is actually a middle school teacher. Yeah. And, you know, like a lot of her kids like carry like these bottles too. But she's yeah. like, because like they rarely wash it. The inside is like all slimy and like. Oh gross. my God. Why? Oh no, no. Never mind. Ew. Ew. I like, hope everybody is washing those. I, I mean, hope everybody is washing. I would never want a used. A water bottle that someone was like carrying around like excessively. Well, the Yeti ones are machine washable, so I'm hoping that they are sanitized first. Actually, a lot of these bottles um, says like, do not wash in the dishwasher. I wouldn't buy a water bottle that you couldn't put in a dishwasher. Mm-hmm. It's too much trouble to like put a brush in there and soap it all up. It's, it's just so, yeah. Simple hygiene is easy, but not a lot of people do it. So <laughs> I guess not. I guess like not. brushing teeth is easy. Not a lot of people do it. Um, Wait, what? Who's not brushing their teeth? I'm just talking about in general. I'm not talking about any oh, like, specific person. Okay, I'm just okay. saying like, I was like general like hygiene. <laughs> it's easy to like wash your coochie before like you get trade, but there are people that don't do it, you know? On the regular. Do you brush your teeth once, twice, or three times a day or more? Do you do it more? Uh, shamefully twice. I should probably brush more, but um, I brush it in the morning and I brush it at night. But if I'm going out... Mm-hmm. Like to meet someone, yeah, I'll always I brush before going out for sure. But if I'm just like home, yeah, I'm two times and then I floss. Yeah, I floss excessively. I floss after every meal. It gets to that point where it's like, it's like your your teeth feel not dirty, but like you can feel the lack of the gaps in between them from not flossing. The buildup, you can like, you notice Mm -hmm. the buildup is there and it just bothers Mm -hmm. you the rest of the day. It's like having like fuzzy teeth. It's like, "Mm, I hate that feeling. Yeah. My tooth. My tooth. I use these things called gum chucks and they get in there so, so good. Gum chuck? Yeah, they're called they're they they're they're shaped like nunchucks with like a little bit of floss in between them, and they're like two mm-hmm. sticks. And it like you really just can get in there, and like you can get on either side of the tooth. They feel so good. Whoa! Yeah, they really just scrape. Unfortunately, they snap, and you have to buy like refills of the same mm-hmm. company, which is whatever. But yeah, I I enjoy flossing with gumchucks. So you know I have veneers. Mm-hmm. One time I was using a floss pick and I was like getting like to like all the crevice nifty grifty, but then mm-hmm. my floss pick got stuck and then it wouldn't come out. Oh god! Um, and then I was like, I don't want to like try like pulling this hard either and then like pull out my teeth or something. Yeah. So then like awkwardly like I had to like go over to the kitchen while looking at the mirror and then like have to like cut the floss cut. Like, from the top <laughs> and I'm like trying not to cut my lip. And I'm have like, you what ever the hell did I just get myself into? Has a cab ever popped off before? My like teeth? Yeah. 
No, because veneers is, is like a cap over over a tooth, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Have you had to replace any of them yet? Not yet, because um, it wasn't okay. that long ago I got. But it's then, got like um, a ten year shelf life, right, or something like that. Yeah, but then one of them is chipped. Oh, and then I was talking to like another like dentist like after that, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, this is weird. I've never seen this before." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" That is never um, something guy, you want to hear from a dentist. <laughs> yes. From someone who's looking in your mouth. Yes. <laughs> and the guy who did my denier, denier, the guy who did my veneer uh-huh. um, said, this guy put a veneer over your baby tooth. And he's like, he's like, I could just pull this like right out right now if I wanted uh, to. And I'm like, what? Why, why, why didn't he tell me that? Like when I was getting my veneers done. Why do you have baby teeth at like 38? Um, and apparently there's like a one teeth that's growing sideways, like what deep inside oh, no. the gum, like under my nose when we did an x-ray. Are you growing a horn? And he's like, yeah, that's going to be a very invasive surgery, but like at this point it's not going to bother you. So, um, but like it's like embedded in my skull. <laughs> You're like a unicorn. Yeah, that's what I feel like. <laughs> Like, my God. So so there's nothing that you have to actually work on, but it's just, like, happening. Yeah. Okay. That's He's wild that they never, like, that you're finding out now. Isn't that bizarre? It is it's crazy. All right, so I have a question. Yeah. So I have oxtails um, that I bought from Costco. They came in, like, these sealed packs. Mm-hmm. And the um, best use or freeze by date was yesterday. Are they still safe to use? Um, have you opened them yet? Um, I just opened them to like soak in cold water. Okay. And they didn't smell? Like I didn't notice any like smell. Then you're probably fine. The best by dates are like arbitrary. And when it comes to like meat and stuff, if it's so close to the best buyer mm-hmm. freeze by date um, or the sell buyer freeze by date, it, it it's totally fine. As Do the sniff test. Trust your nose. If it's beef, it's probably going to be okay. I, if it was like something like ground chicken or turkey or something like that, I would probably yeah. be like, oh, I mean, I don't know if it's Ew. worth the risk, but <laughs> it's, it's also like oxtail, girl. You're going to, there's no, you have to cook oxtail for so long anyway for it to be edible and delicious that you're, you're going to be fine. Or maybe oxtail tartare. I would not do that. <laughs> okay, so now the next question is, what do I want to make with these oxtails? Um, my first thought is um tang, which is like salongtang but with oxtail. That's amazing. My second option is um Japanese curry with oxtail. Mm, yeah, that's also really good. And then the third option is like a braised oxtail. I mean, I wouldn't want anything soupy if it's like super warm in LA right now. Oh no, no, LA is always warm and beautiful, but it will get chilly. <laughs> well, may I would do a curry then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I made oxtails last week and it was a situation where like I just wanted to use up all the stuff that was in my fridge. Mm-hmm. So I had like a couple of jars of broth and I used that as the base. And oh, first I simmered the oxtail. Um, I, I like quote unquote like cleaned it and I simmered the oxtail in like water with a lot of aniseed in there mm. and then I dumped that out and then I rinsed all the oxtail off and then I put it in the soup which was made with pureed tomatoes 
and kim really 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 old kimchi mm-hmm. and uh chicken broth um and a couple of slices of chinese ham and a lot of spices and we've been eating that for the past two days it's so good mm, that sounds nice and comforting it's super comforting and so good with rice just there's so many things i can do with it I'm, I'm I'm getting like overwhelmed. Like I could do everything, but also, what would be like the most delicious, satisfying, but also healthy? <laughs> what would be the hardest thing to get? Because I don't think you can get oxtail curry very easily. I think you can get. The I feel oxtail like a lot of like, these, um, like Jamaican soup. restaurants all around me have like oxtail curry, but not Japanese. And, you know, yeah. I would always go for the things that I can't get. And I know that you can get the oxtail, what is it called again? Not the tang. I know you can get that because we've had that together before. Mm-hmm. And the braised oxtail, I feel like you can still get braised oxtail at a lot of like restaurants. But Japanese curry oxtail, I just don't see that in a lot of places. I don't see it for her. <laughs> Mm-mm. You know, actually, what I like putting in um, Japanese curry, instead of potato, I like getting sweet potato. Really? That sounds yeah. good. It's really good. Because, um, I mean, potato's good. But I guess, you know, sweet potato's like a... Because, you know, like the sweetness and like, you know, like the salty, mm-hmm. spicy, like it goes, it goes pretty well together. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like if you add something spicy on top of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And nice my and curry, I always eat it with like kimchi. You know, yeah, just the, that's the route to go. Mm, I use chili oil. Mm, that sounds good. <gasps> or maybe I'll split the batch in half. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because it do, is two bags, right? Yeah, yeah. So then one with korigum tongue and one with Japanese curry. Oh, oxtail on oxtail on oxtail. Because you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still, I still have to boil it regardless. You know, for like yes. hours. Yes. And then after I boil it and the broth is there and the oxtail is cooked, I'll just like split it in half and eat one as korigum tang and the other one as Japanese curry. Oh, that's a good idea. Boom! <laughs> you can eat one and then you can eat one today and then you can eat one tomorrow because it's actually yeah. a lot. There's well, a I lot. Mean, I'm not going to eat all that by myself, but I'll probably like freeze, like, you know, freeze mm-hmm. them. Save me some. We'll just make fresh ones when you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't mm-hmm. want you to travel in LA just to eat like frozen food. <laughs> For tea leftovers? Yeah. I think you deserve better. Aw, thanks. Anyways, uh, moving on. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, there's another thing that I want to talk about today. Mm, what? I sent you an article about certain cheeses. Yes. Are going, ex- might going extinct. Um, temperature com- conditions, right? Microbial, like, extinction due to a lack of microbial diversity. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay, so these things are dying out. Um, mm-hmm. These cultures pretty much are dying out uh, that are responsible for making, like, brie and camembert. And it's like some b- blue cheese. Yeah, and some blue cheeses, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um <laughs> And to people who really love those cheeses, myself included, you better get get in on it while you still can. What are they? What did they? What were they stated to say? Like, how long was this gonna? Like, is this like a within our generation type situation? 
You know, the article doesn't make it clear, but it just says it could happen, like, potentially. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts on it? I just cannot imagine a world without Brie or Camembert. Mm, Yeah, I will miss miss my Daphinois. But this article doesn't say anything like what we can do as human beings to, like, change this or anything. It's just like, "Mm, am I going extinct? But like, I think that's is anyone doing that anything people, about it? Well, that's the thing, though. Like, with the world, and like, the, I, we're gonna spiral, but it's food themed, so it's okay. But mm-hmm. like, with the world going in the direction that it is going, it's we're at the point where it's like, oh yeah, this is gonna disappear, and it's probably too late to do anything about it. So we're just gonna have to adjust our lifestyles, like. How many? I can't tell you how many like times people who live in coastal cities and fishery-based cities are just like, oh yeah, um, maybe the whole like there's a possibility that the whole concept of fish is something that a three or four generations from us will not know. Uh, but you know what? Three or four generations. You know what? Y'all have fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a peace out by then. No, yeah, that's, a, that's right? a terrible mindset. It's not even. It's not even the fact that like. You know, I would do something and I do do my best and mm-hmm. it's nowhere near going to be enough on an individual level. Yeah. Um, I hope by that time we will have like used technology to overcome those barriers and uh, to find solutions for those issues. Mm-hmm. But it literally is not something that I have the capacity to like stress out over because we have more it's immediate like things. Yeah. Yeah. We have definitely have immediate, more immediate issues to worry about. For sure. Chocolate's going to be one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like chocolate is on its way out for the exact same reason. Yeah. So it's like, and coffee. So they're like, fuck y'all and your old brie cheese. Fuck your coffee. Fuck your... <laughs> right. Fuck your chocolate. You know, fuck your honeybees. Fuck your bananas. Fuck your... Mm-hmm. No, well, bananas are a thing, too, because, like, we're so used to having one kind of banana. Whenever, like, Mm -hmm. a disease or something spreads among, like, the plantations or whatnot, they they just disappear for a while. And people scramble to try to save the bananas, but there's, like, so little, again, like, biodiversity in the bananas that, like, when one crop gets sick, there's a potential that all of them get wiped out. Yeah, it's crazy that there used to be, what, like, something where, like... 300 different species of bananas, but you and now they're like, all five. Of them like yeah, because we just wanted the one to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is crazy. Like, we purposely made like hundreds of banana species go extinct. Like, why? Because we just didn't like have any use or room for them, or they didn't like suit our needs the um, most conveniently and adequately. Like, you can say the same, like, corn. You've seen, like, the mm-hmm. different types of corn and how beautiful, like, wild corns are. Like, mm-hmm. some of them are blue, some of them are purple, some of them are, like, in jewel tones. And we see very little of it because, like, you know, it's not that sweet, crunchy, crispy, juicy corn that we're just used to cooking in the single times. Unless you do, like, unless you have are cooking like uh, Native American tribal cooking or or traditional um, mm-hmm. middle uh, was it middle of the continent like Mexico Mexican cooking. Um, we just don't know what to do with like these beautiful things of corn because we can't like. 
what is that's so it? crazy. Like, corn is like the ingredient that is like so crazy what human beings have figured out to do with corn. Like, yeah. You know, like it could be a starch, it could be bread, it could be like, you know, tortillas. But not only that, you could also make soda, you can make like syrup, you could... You can make gasoline yeah you can make (laughs) you can can almost make anything out of corn and it's like how did everybody figure this out like who's looked at this and be like all right this like you're about to be a star baby right exactly you're about (laughs) the one Mm -hmm. i think that and it's gotten so it's gotten bad to the point where um a lot of the corn that is grown in the united states uh, most of it is, I don't think it's actually consumed. I think mo- most of it is for fuel. So as mm-hmm. people go electric, a lot of these farms that are focused on growing corn to be used as fuel need to change uh, their crop because we don't need as much ethanol as we once did. Mm. Corn. Corn. It's corn. It's corn. I love corn. Uh, corn is great. I love corn. Uh, nothing like sitting in like the porch in summertime in Korea, just like eating like uh, really sweet corn. I love campfire corn where you like let it soak and then you wrap mm-hmm. it in tin foil and then you put it inside the campfire. Mm-hmm. And once, like, the fire has gone over the course of the day and died down, like, you, you bring it out. And a lot of the corn is burnt, but, like, the parts that aren't are just, like, perfectly charred and steamed. They're just so mm. delicious. Corn is one of my favorite campfire foods. And it's, like, so low maintenance. You can't really fuck up corn. Mm-hmm. You can't really. Honestly, you can't. I want some corn now. Mm-hmm. It's a fabulous And scientist. you know what? Corn-flavored stuff is so good. Yes. Like, everything. Like, have you ever corn Kit Kats? Corn mm-hmm. tea? Um, you know, like the, um, the chocolate with the cornflakes in them? Um, what's yes. that called? It comes in squares. I, I don't know what it's called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just love corn stuff. It's just yeah. a good flavor. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, like, chip is... These turtle chips mm-hmm. um, from Korea, and they have a corn soup flavor. Mm. Um, and then in Japanese snack, there's this thing called umaibo, which is like a jumbo, um, like Cheeto looking thing, but there's a mm-hmm. corn soup flavor one Ooh. that's really good. Uh, the elote flavor is my favorite, like super spicy ramen. Pa- what is it called? Samyang? Uh, Samyang? Samyang, yeah. yeah Samyang yeah. Burda? Yeah, yeah, Burda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one where it's like a corn flavored and it's so good. Okay, so my favorite Samyang Buddha flavor. Have you tried the tomato pasta one? Yes. Yes, I have. Like it's it's like spaghetti shaped or not shaped, but like there it, there's like pictures of spaghetti on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like the sauce is like a little tomato-y, but it's still spicy. Yeah. That one is really good. I like that one, but I, my favorite one is the corn one. And then the after one, the, the one after that, I like the uh, Szechuan flavored one. Mm. They just recently like, released like a Tom Yum flavor too. <gasps> I love Tom Yum. Mm. <laughs> I love Tom Yum flavored ramen from the Mama yeah. Ramen. Oh my God, that's one of my oh, favorite. Tom Yum Mama, favorite so one. good. Mm-hmm. So good. The creamy shrimp Tom Yum. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. 
I like, yeah, all the mama noodles are fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and then I also... For those that try- don't know, mama is a brand. Um, I think they are mm-hmm. Thai. And they're it's- only like, each packet is what, like 20, 30 cents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're a Thai brand of ramen, and they come in like tom yum flavor and then like mm-hmm. a creamy shrimp tom yum flavor. If you've never had it, it's so good. You should definitely go seek it out. It's just like, it's called Mama. So, so good. One of my the Thai restaurants like near my home actually make like a salad with the Mama noodles. What? And they toss it together in like, with light, like lime juice and like chilies with like shrimp, like chunks of celery and all these different vegetables. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. I And I think Mama noodles, like they also season the noodle itself. Mm-hmm. I can always appreciate where like when you're making instant noodles and you look at the noodle closely and you see like specks of spice and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know that the noodles actually have flavoring inside Flavor, them. Yeah. I love that because it's just so, <laughs> so good. It's just an, adds another layer to it. One thing that's so funny about these... um non-Korean ramen noodles are the spice packets are really small and tight, right? Mm-hmm. But they're always like split into like three or four like different compartments. Yes. And like a, there's like a paste. There's mm-hmm. like a regular, there's like a regular soup based powder. Um, but like you add them all at the same time. So I'm like, then why do you all separate it like that? <laughs> I think it's just like based on what those things can be. So like a paste, like they can't make the paste into a powder form because mm-hmm. it's usually like just a like a cooked down chili paste or something like that. Like it's just not something that they have all in one. Um, and that probably the moisture from the paste itself, even though the paste is okay, if it gets added to like the soup-based powder, it ruins it mm. in a way. Probably just like a preservative type thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, Mama's fab. And so... Mm, the Singaporean version, I forgot what theirs is called. I think it's called like Asia Taste or something like that. Their soup-based powder is like dehydrated coconut milk with seasoning in it. It's so good too. Mm. Oh, so you know what ramen heck um, that's like really popular in Korea that I actually like really love doing it too? Mm-mm. What? You cook um, spicy ramen in tomato juice. Ooh, what? You cook spicy ramen and tomato juice. What? That sounds so good. So like while you're boiling water, you pour tomato juice and then you add like... Do you use like the Shin Ramen red packet? You can be any like spicy like ramen. Okay. So it's basically like half tomato juice, half water. Bring it to a boil and then uh. you like cook the ramen in it. And then afterwards you can add like chili oil and stuff if you wanted. Mm, that and sounds like, so good. Tangy and tomatoey and spicy. We've been eating a lot of the healthy ramen in this house. Mm. The Emmy like the ones like brand fried. No, I mean like those specifically Asian American brand called Emmy. Mm. Have you been sent those before? No, they're like very high in fiber, high in protein in the noodles and stuff like that. It's mm. an interesting texture. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely doable. Like it's an enjoyable, it's an enjoyable brand, I think. But they are, as a lot of like people have the same complaint about all Asian American brands is that they're like so much more expensive than the brands that come out of Asia. Heaven forbid if anything cost what they were worth. (laughs) Yeah, right. 
That's what that's always like my response to it. They're like it's like the same when they talk about when they say like the um Mila dumplings are so expensive. And I was like, Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're still fucking good. Like But also they're juice. expensive because they're like premium. Like when you taste it, you can they're you actually can taste it. some of the restaurant like dumplings I've had. It's true. I think I agree. And also like they have like if you've ever received them, like they ship them in these enormous mm-hmm. like dry ice containers so that they're like still f- definitely frozen when they get to your house and they'll like replace it if it's melted. Also not only I, that, I you love... know, like like you know like these like grocery store like Costco or Trader Joe's soup dumplings, you only get six mm-hmm. pieces. So I'm mean, granted you're paying yeah. three for them, but you get six pieces in this bag yeah. of them. There's like fifty of them. Right. The Trader Joe's soup dumplings make me so angry. Why? Because there's like so much wasted packaging for like six yes, fucking I'm like, soup they use dumplings. so much plastic um for six there's, pieces of dumplings. Yes. And people are like, oh, but they're pretty good. I was like, no, they're I've not. Had them. They're, they're not that good. No, they're so, so bad. I they make me so mad. They just make me so mad to see. Like the meat and the soup dumpling at Trader Joe's like tastes gamey. Yeah, they do. You know, like and the, why the, does the meat flavor? Why do they have to be individually packaged in a box like that? Why does your soup dumplings need airbags? Like, what is wrong with your with your manufacturing process that they have to be like done this way? I think it's it just so, makes me um, so angry. That's so because people can just like steam the whole tray. Yeah, and then you just oh, take I it guess. out and eat it in that tray. Um, you can also like, do the same thing by putting like a paper towel on a plate and do it in the microwave. Like, not with soup dumplings. Because they could easily um, get ripped and oh, like, they need the to go all over. Do it on cabbage. Steam yeah, them on a and leaf the average of people who's like buying frozen stuff at Trader Joe's don't have a steamer or like know how to steam and do all that. It's supposed to be like a convenience they product. So I should just part. not have soup dumplings. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm just it gonna... is a viral product. It's selling like crazy, so I don't think those are going away. Yeah, I know. But, um, it's just such a shame. I mean, you have to understand from like <laughs> not a chef's point of view, but from like a average non-Asian, you know, point of view, and that's exactly who this product is aimed towards. Okay. <laughs> like, um, I just yeah, I just think if you're not going to sell, and also Mila will send you a steamer basket kit for your first time ordering. So, like, they'll send yeah. you everything you need to enjoy them for your first time. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I Mila, either, yeah, try Mila. Yeah. Either spend the money and actually mm-hmm. buy the good stuff from Mila or go to the Asian grocery store and buy them where it's, like, a bag of frozen ones for 30 pounds. Are they all going to be, like, super amazing soup dump? No. But I would rather you spend and save your money on getting cheap ones that come in a bag at the Asian grocery store than, like, go middle of the ground and buy this trash from Trader Joe's. Oh, my God. I mean, the trash is a little severe. It's not that bad. It is that bad. It's so wasteful. Have you ever actually had the Trader Joe's soup dumplings? Yeah, one time. When? One time I've had them. When Probably in, like... Trader Joe's soup dumplings? Back when I was actually still going to Trader Joe's, like I was going to Gross Point to go to Trader Joe's at one point. And so that would have been over 10 years ago. I don't think they had soup dumplings back then. They definitely did. They definitely did because my thing that I would get from Trader Joe's was always the um, 
the sag paneer. I would get the sag paneer. I would buy some garlic naan from there. And then I remember the day that I saw, oh my God, soup dumplings. And then I had them and I actually steamed them properly in a steamer basket and they were gross. Or maybe you weren't supposed to steam them. Maybe they're like made to be microwaved. Designed, designed so, to be, designed to designed be microwaved, to be, you know, cooked in maybe this Maybe you plastic. just didn't follow the directions and maybe that's why they were gross. <laughs> I mean, I'm not defending Trader Joe's soup dumplings, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> there is, it is a convenient product, especially for people that don't own steamers. It isn't mm-hmm. the best soup dumplings, not at all. I mean, but I guess, will it get the job done if you're, I guess if you're, like, a college student, you know, and maybe you don't have, like, whatever money plus shipping to, like, throw in, like, a nice bag, I guess it'll get the job done. Yeah, I'm not. I'm choosing not to be. However, <laughs> accessible on TikTok, with this. I see some people amount- eating these soup dumplings, but they're eating it like I'm not yucking anyone's yum, but they're eating it so grossly. Like this one, they're like video. dumping tons of soy sauce on yes. them and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen like, that too. Sriracha and chili oil, and I'm like, that's yeah, more yeah, soy yeah. sauce than the like, dumplings. And I understand they're just trying to like make a viral video or you know, and be like a lot of them. Is, uh, yeah, a lot of them are just. Uh, trying to get a rise out of people to achieve virality and not based on like actually enjoying the dumplings themselves. But I guess mm-hmm. if you're going to do that to a soup dumpling, you might as well just do it with the garbage ones from Trader Joe's. I guess, yeah. Because uh, don't, yeah. disrespect don't disrespect a good meal of dumplings. Like, right. <laughs> if you're going to do it, yeah. Don't do it, to, don't do it to like a decent one. Um, and actually... I had come across a couple of those. I think it was last year and I was like, what is going on? And I started to do like a deep dive into the comments of those videos, wondering mm-hmm. like what was happening. And some people were like, oh, damn, like this is like a fetish content. This is fetish content <laughs> that had oh. just accidentally gone mainstream. Oh, my God. So this fetish content, it bothers me. I still don't I understand at- like where the fetish part comes from. Yeah, I don't get it either, but, you know, if you burnt the weird shit. But there's this one fetish content in particular that always pops up on Timeline, and I hate, hate, hate watching them, and yet I can't not watch them when they pop up. Wait, what like, is it? It's like this Korean mom and daughter, and what? and they're always at, like, a random, like, fast food restaurant or whatever. Yeah. And there's, like, this, like, weird narration over, like, oh, mom is eating chicky chicken, like dipped in like the sauce sauce and like for example like one video that I saw the mom and the daughter were at like KFC or something and mm-hmm. mom brings out a container and then pours all the like fried chicken in there and then she pulls out like a whole bottle of like ranch dressing for, like out of her backpack and then pours it all over and then like dumps all the fries in it and then shakes it and then they like eat it all and um, that's fetish content? Apparently. But then, like, the daughter is, like, like, narrating, like, voiceover, like, you know, just, like, mom eating, but, like, the narration is, like, really weird. Like, her, actually, let me pull up an example just so I can, like, talk exactly, like, what she's saying. Is this in English? It's in English, yeah. What? Okay. Maybe I'll, like, play, like, the sound on the thing so you can hear it. Yeah. 
I want to hear it. Never bringing my Asian mom to eat fried chicken. After this happened, sneaked in a side of potato stick and two small cups. Okay, it's a Tupperware, ranch. and they're pouring ranch into a thing with fries in the Tupperware. Oh my God! Oh. Fries here. Shut up, or I'm taking back the red envelope. There was nothing inside anyway. Oh my God! They're like dipping the sandwiches into the ranch. Oh. Leftover chunks of lettuce and dollops of mayo. Will I be okay? No. Started punching the table when she saw the plain S chicken. Whipped out her secret Korean fried chicky sauce. But wait, there's more. A dash of balded carbonara sauce to erupt the bootay. After tossing for an hour, her flabby arms got tired. That looks so unappealing. So is your face, but look at you prancing outside. You're no reverse. But can I have a bite? After kneeling on the ground, I was given the bucket. Hurry up so we can go back to our happy home. You look so disgusted. I, I don't know. It, it, there's something like <laughs> it's gross because it seems exploitative, but mm -hmm. it's them doing it to themselves. So whatever. But at the same time, like I think it's very disturbing to watch someone put big pieces of wet food in their mouth mm -hmm. while maintaining eye contact with you. And also a lot of the video And that's what these videos are doing. Is um you know like how you see like the both mom and daughter? Yes. But when it pans like to the other one, they're sitting in the same spot the other one was like sitting in. Which mm -hmm. means they're like taking turns like filming Move like in the spot and then moving yeah. and then like getting out and like filming the same spot again. Yeah, I well, that's probably like because one that spot has really good lighting or something. Yeah, but which makes it like also like as someone who's watching it, and I'm like, it's weird. It, it's it jarring. Seem like a genuine dining experience where both of you are sad, and then you just like film. Like, yeah, but nothing about that experience was natural. <laughs> yeah, I think sure. it was also supposed to like. It's it's also probably supposed to make you uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, so that you comment, so that you say something, and so that you, like, kind of hate what... It's it's not designed for... I mean, as you said, it might be fetish content, but it's for, for, for everyone else who's watching it. I don't think it's designed for them to feel comfortable. Because actually, like, that's kind of the way that content is growing, going, which is kind of gross. Mm -hmm. Like... Content that does not make you happy does better than content that's designed to make you happy now. That's true. Because of the way that people react. People react more strongly to like negative things mm -hmm. than like the positive ones. If you have a good time, you can just smile and scroll past and like, oh, was that fun? But if something kind of enrages you, if something makes you uncomfortable, people are more likely to comment. People are more likely to watch the whole thing so that they can think of something like bad to talk about or to talk about how this was wrong. Like in general, people, we as people have to be better about um, consciously consuming our content and realizing that what is being put out here more is not so much designed to entertain us, but now it's getting to the point where people are learning how to manipulate us into getting us to spread that out more. That's exactly it. Yeah.
Yeah. So. They're getting like the hang of like manipulating like. Right. No, that's, that yeah. is what it is though. That, like mm-hmm. people now are being manipulated. They don't realize it and they just do exactly what the people want them to do to spread that video out more, whether or not mm-hmm. they like it. Most of the times they don't. Yeah. I guess it's like they're like living by the model of like all, like there's no such thing as bad press. Yes, that's totally because the algorithm doesn't know whether you are watching it because you like it or you're watching it because it's making you mad. Mm-hmm. And I think it 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 totally affects the mood of an entire society when that is what's being pushed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um... So thanks for John, showing me that. John comes on wrench mukbang. Like, let's take your um, most beautifully spiced master stock and pour oh it in. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know how, like, uh, it would be so easy for me to make content like that and, like, do mm-hmm. so well. But for some reason, like, I just refuse to. And Chris then and I had this like, conversation oh, yesterday. Yeah. When Jung Kong used to make beautiful food, and then he'll whisper <laughs> about being a Chinese American in America and share his stories. Now all he face. does is just like roll around in like sheets of ranch dressing, uh-huh. wearing nothing but a bathing suit. Uh huh. <laughs> what I, I told what I was talking to Kushbu the other day, and I was like, nothing gets away. Nothing. Nothing really gets in the way of your own success quite like self-respect. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm. At one point, you know, because I guess to be in this field, you have to be shameless to like mm-hmm. a certain level. Like you have to be shameless in your self-promotion no matter what mm-hmm. kind of content you're making. Um, But if you're like not even concerned with like entertaining people or making people happy, you just have to be shameless. Like it's it doesn't true. even matter anymore. It's crazy how bad it's, no it's gotten. about you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have some listener questions. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, not a, ever since we changed your Instagram profile, we've been getting flooded with questions. So keep your questions coming, everyone. We love um, them. We do. All right. So this one is from Ian. I was just listening to you talking about American and British jams, jellies, and marmalades, and wondered if either of you are fans of lemon curd, or if it's a uniquely British conserve. Are there any traditional Korean or Chinese conserves? All right, so first of all... Traditional Chinese or Korean what? Conserve. Conserves? Like jam, marmalade, jellies, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. So, my name is Kimchi, and I love lemon curd. Mm-hmm. I think lemon curd is extremely versatile. Uh, in Korea, we have we actually, we actually do have a lot of preserve. Um, the biggest one is yuzu or mm-hmm. ginseng honey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we usually jar them up in like large quantities. And during winter, we just mix it with hot water to make tea with the conserve. So, like, mm. it'd be like a yuzu honey tea or ginseng honey tea. Um, yeah, Like, in honey, like, it lasts forever. And it also tastes good. Um, 
it also like fights cold in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like other variations too, like jujubes and um, I love like jujubes, dates and stuff like that. But the biggest one is probably yuzu and honey and ginseng and honey. I think yeah, in Chinese food, a lot of our things are preserved in honey as well. We have like the orange honey, mm-hmm. and we have also like a lot of ginseng honey. I don't know if we do anything like a jam. I don't think sugar, well, sugar is not really big and you need sugar to make like a preserve and stuff like that. But we don't mm-hmm. really use sugar like that, at least traditionally speaking. So a lot of them, it's like comes in the form of like soups, sweet soups and tinctures, but nothing that really preserves them that I know of. Um, lemon curd, I don't really have a lot of lemon curd in my life, but what I do really like is lemon posset. Lemon posset? Yeah, lemon posset and uh the and lemon posset is used with like cream, lemon and sugar instead of like butter. It sounds like scandalous posset. Posset. Yeah. I consider uh, posset. So it's it's almost like a it's almost like the difference it's almost like a mix combination like if lemon curd was also a pudding that would be mm. like what lemon posset was. And it was one of the first desserts that I ever came up with because I um I was pretty much tasked with like emptying out this one random restaurant's fridge because the whole staff walked out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. This happened a long, long time. This was over like 15 years ago. And like restaurant the owner was so like, I don't drama. know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at everywhere and I was like, okay, well, there's all this like hard, ba- all these hard baguettes. I'm going to make a green tea bread or a matcha bread pudding with this. And then we just happened to have like these little jars of lemon posset on top. And I put like the lemon posset on top of this like matcha bread pudding and it was so good. Mm-hmm. To the point where I did learn teach myself how to make lemon posset. It was oh, delicious. That good. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is worth me knowing how to do. Well, when you um, come back to LA, you're going to make one for me, pretty please. Okay. Yeah. That would be so good. That would be so good. I haven't made mm-hmm. bread pudding in so long, and I love bread pudding. All right, so next question is from Justin. Hi, Kim and John. Love the pod. I was wondering if y'all have any good tips for reducing food waste. As everything gets more expensive, I'm trying to be more mindful about my waste and use every part of any ingredient I'm working with. Any tips and tricks would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. You can start with this one. Um, so I have in my fridge, what I call like a veggie bucket. Mm -hmm. And so, or you can also use like a gallon Ziploc and put that in your freezer. So any kind of like vegetable scraps, um, that aren't going into the compost, like edible vegetable scraps, I would keep them in this bucket that was this lidded bucket that was in my fridge. And at the end of the week, I would put that into whatever stock or soup that I was baking and you can put anything from like garlic skins, onion skins, the tips of your scallions, any kind of vegetable scraps, like the inside of your bell peppers and stuff like that. You can put that all in there. And once you're like, if you're making soup one day, you can just dump all of that in there. And if you don't do it that, uh, if you don't do it every once a week, you can freeze them and do, and like take more time to do it. Um, also doing things like buying your, poultry whole, like whole chickens 
instead of like just buying like the breasts and stuff like that. And then like having all the rest of the chicken to like use for all that is also really good. Mm. I mean, for me, I just like buy things in small quantities. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I understand that everybody could be like this, but like for me, if I want to like cook something, I just go get the ingredients that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just like or order them, and then I and then I order them, yeah, and then eat it all. Yeah. And I understand that that's like not realistic for a lot of people. Um, but at least for yeah, me, like, we definitely don't have like the nine to five lifestyle. You and yeah. I that makes it pretty much like impossible to to like do any kind of like long cooking. Mm-hmm. And for some people who just don't like to cook, don't want to take the time to do it. Um, yeah. Which is understandable after a whole long day's work. Yeah, I just tried to only purchase like what I'm going to cook that day. Mm-hmm. Is what I do personally. And I'm sorry if um, if that's not a thing for a lot of people. <laughs> it would help to Isn't know it? where he was based because if he like lived in New mm-hmm. York or something. Like, oh, yeah, you probably don't have a lot of fridge space or stuff like that. But if this I mean, person, like, lived in the Midwest, it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to Costco to buy for the month. Yeah. Um, I mean, when in doubt, freeze it. Yes, always freeze it. When in doubt, freeze it. Honestly, if I have a bigger home, I'd have, like, to, I won't want those, like, separate, like, just freezer refrigerator. Oh, yeah, you would have back, you would have an extra fridge and freezer. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Even and like also, oh, the Korean households that have like the kimchi fridge. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That yeah. is, that is, that's not even just luxury. That is just mm-hmm. like the ultimate convenience to me. Uh-huh. Like I want. And then you a keep the smell fridge. contained to that refrigerator. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yes. It's so yeah. good. Uh, the thing. And also, if you're someone like, you know, who entertains a lot, who has like a lot of people over, drink fridge is actually like such a good like hack mm-hmm. because it keeps your drinks cold all the time and it saves you so much refrigerator space. Yes. Agreed. And also drink refrigerators really aren't that expensive. There aren't. And I've been getting a lot of ads on Instagram for this one specific, very well-designed drink refrigerator. It's very, very pretty. I think I know and exactly where it comes in like yellow. It comes in yellow and it has mm-hmm. like fluted glass at the door. It's very uh-huh. mid-century. It comes in different colors. And like the top one turns like the top of it is like a bar mm-hmm. area. So you use a surface. I was just like, oh God, if I didn't already have a drink refrigerator in storage that I just need to bring, I would probably buy this thing. But yeah, I drink fridges are definitely a a very nice luxury to have. I'm a sucker for um, just like random, like everyday things that are designed extremely well. Mm-hmm. Like I saw a dog crate that was like, that had like a super modern design. So it doubles as like a coffee table. Oh, um, I've seen that too. It looks so nice. And then it's like, like wood. And it's all wood. And then the front is like, yeah. like. A uh, clear like vinyl clear glass, opposed to, yeah. And see, that was the reason why I didn't buy that. It also comes in white as well. Okay, that makes more sense. Because like, could you imagine if the dog was stuck in their crate and the thing was like clear and see through, and they just like don't understand why they can't leave? <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
I guess it depends on the dog. Uh, <laughs> my baby is so smart that he'll just understand. But also, my baby likes being in the crate. So yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we have time for one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon said, "What are your favorite panchan? If you could only choose four, which one would you prefer?" If I could only choose four, okay, mm-hmm. so definitely like would be um, I don't know and the names of any of these, so I'm sorry, but uh, Kim Kim can translate for me the little anchovies. Um, your chijorim. Yep. Um, the uh, the noodles, the sweet potato noodles, the cold noodles. Chapche. Chapche. Yeah, chapche. I knew that one. I don't know why. It, um, actually, the spinach is good too. I like the spinach and then the radish kimchi. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then radish kimchi. Mm-hmm. Um, the spinach one is probably relatively easy to make. Um, you yeah. just blanch it quickly and then you have to like chill it. Yeah. And then you toss it in like, you know, sesame oil. I think that's that's why I like it though. It's that simplicity of like so, the, the fresh cold yeah. spinach and the garlic. And it's just, it's also a nice fresh counterbalance to like everything else that I liked in there because mm-hmm. everything is pungent and strong flavors whereas like the spinach is like simple okay so my favorite panchan okay so my number one favorite panchan of all time is kajamishike what's that which is a salted and fermented fish mm. um it's like dried fish um that's been salted and fermented with chili powder um, rice, radish, and malt. Ooh, I've never come across this. I okay, want so, one. Like a lot of Korean grocery stores carry it, but like it wasn't very good. Uh huh. And then I found a place here in K Town, LA, that does one of like the best versions that I've ever tasted. Oh. And I was just like randomly walking by, and I saw just like punch and store. And I'm like, oh, let me go check it out. It's like, oh, they have to sing. And then the old lady was like super nice. And normally you have to like wait for it to be fermented. But she's like, a mine is already fermented, so you can like eat it today. I'm like, okay. And it was so good. Um, to the point where like I'm almost like done with the jar. When you come here, you're gonna have to taste it and you're gonna love it because it's so good. Uh, um it's, it's called so Kajamishike. 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 Okay. I almost like don't want to like tell you like where I got it from because I don't want like it to sell out because it's that. <laughs> Not good. you gatekeeping on our own uh-huh, podcast. I'm fully gatekeeping. <laughs> I'm fully gatekeeping. <laughs> like it's so good. Oh um, my god! I can't wait. Oh, I'm so mad that I don't have any trips planned for LA yet. I want to be there. Now. Yeah, we can change things. I know. All right. Um, and then wait. My three more favorite panchan. Second one is kajinamur, which is like eggplant, mm-hmm. like panchan. Oh my god, it's so good! Ooh, I could like that is actually really good. Yeah, <clears throat> um, especially like I could eat like a whole thing of it. Number mm. three is oizobeki, which is like a cucumber kimchi, and especially when it gets ripe, it has like a very specific taste that's like specific to this panchan that tastes so good. You said radish. What'd you say? Cucumber? Cucumber, sorry. Oisobeki, yeah. Yeah, oisobeki. And then um, last one is called chinamur. Uh-huh. It's like a type of greens that I've never seen in American grocery stores. 
Um, and I tried like Googling what it means in English and it says wild greens. But <laughs> so like I don't even know if there's like a Chiwan Chinamur. So I don't even know if there's like an English word for these greens. Okay, it says Esther. A-S-T-E-R. It is frequently found in wild mountain regions of Korea, eastern Russia, China, and Japan. Mm. Yep, so there you have it. So it's ester. And it has like Esther's a very scabber. distinct flavor to it that's like very fragrant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets like seasoned and salted. It is so good. Um, you'll never be able to find it anywhere except for Korean grocery stores. But if you see it, it's called Chinamur. Try it. It's so good. Interesting. Like, even though it is available in, like, it grows in Russia, China, Japan, and Korea, mm-hmm. the only, well, at least where I could find it, the only culinary, the only people who cook it, uh, it seems to be like Korean cuisine. So I want to try this really, really bad. Um, <laughs> maybe I should have gay kept this too. I can't have like Esther Price going through the roof. <laughs> Me thinking I have like more influence than I actually do. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but um, that was our podcast for the week. Thank you for tuning mm-hmm. in. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And um, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow, um, send in your questions and one for the table. That is number one for the table. And my name was. Kimchi was kimchi. My name is Kimchi. <laughs> Rest in peace, I guess. <laughs> and I'm John Kung. And we'll see you next week. Bye.